Yo, people, what the hell is going on? Welcome to another episode of Echo Chamber, people. And yo, this week we got two films, but as we do, before we get to them, let's look at the top 15 movies currently screaming. Screaming? Screening? In the UK But I will give a shout out to Avengers Endgame Which is at number 16 Alright So let's do this At number 15 We've got Trolls At number 14 It's Le Mans 66 A.K.A. Ford v Ferrari At number 13 Spider-Man Far From Home At number 12 We've got the Joker. Ooh, at number 11 is Ip Man 4, the final. At number 10, we've got Rocket Man. At number 9, Knives Out. Very good film. At number 8, Sonic the Hedgehog. At number 7, we've got Frozen 2, even colder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at number six, we got Spies in Disguise. At number five, it's Jamanji, the next level. <laughs> at number four, it's The Gentleman. At number three, it's Birds of Prey. Um, and the fantabulous Harley Quinn. At number two, it's Jojo Rabbit. And at number one, it's Star Wars 9, The Rise of Skywalker. All right, people. So, before we get to our films, let's check in on this. Okay, people. So, if you are thinking to yourself... What am I going to do on a Saturday night? Well, (laughs) don't worry. Because Lionsgate UK have got you covered. All right. So, um, you know, they have decided to launch, like Lionsgate US, their own Lionsgate Live series. um, A Night at the Movies. So it's um yeah it, it it's gonna you can access it via their YouTube channel uh and they will be screening um some really um great films all of them like I think award winning right so you've got La La Land um Eddie the Eagle Bend It Like Beckham, and The Hunger Games, alright, so, um, yeah, each film is part of, um, you know, a Night at the Movies initiative, and will be presented by a unique celebrity host, including Edith Bowman, Keith Lemon, Jack Whitehall, and Jonathan Ross. 
Every Saturday, the event will feature special programming and interactive opportunities for fans, such as surprise guest appearances, real-time fan chat via YouTube Live, live tweeting um, at Lionsgate UK. Um, Yeah, there's going to be costume contests, giveaways, and a lot more. Uh, One big thing, audiences will have the chance to join Lionsgate UK in helping the NHS charities together COVID-19 Urgent Appeal who are currently supporting NHS staff and volunteers caring for COVID-19 patients and the film and TV charity COVID-19 Emergency Response supporting the people behind the scenes who bring these stories to our screens. Okay, so it all starts this Coming Saturday, uh, that's the 2nd of May, and that will be La La Land. Then the 9th of May is Eddie the Eagle, the 16th of May is Bend It Like Beckham, and then the 23rd of May is the very first Hunger Games. So, um, yeah, people, get your popcorn. Have your beverages and, uh, you know, enjoy yourself. You can sit back and, um, yeah, get down with any of these films. So, uh, yeah, have fun. Um, And, again, the information is in the episode info. All right. Great stuff. Okay, people, so now you've uh, had that and you know what to do on the, your next few Saturday nights. Well, let us get to our film reviews. All right, so um, sit back, relax, get that popcorn and enjoy. Okay, so this week I checked out Uh, The half of it So this is Directed, written And produced By Alice Wu Along with Her producing partners Anthony Bregman And M. Blair Breaded Um, So the film stars Lee Lewis Daniel Demir Alexis Lemire Enrique Muricano Wolfgang Novogratz, Catherine Curtin, Becky Ann Baker, and Colin Chu. Uh, the music is by Anton Sanko, and the cinematography is Greta Zula. Now, the plot of the film is this Ellie Chu, a senior unsure of whether she would leave home for a distant college. Stick by to help her dad Edwin Is at a crossroad One which Without any friends Is complicated by All she thinks about With nothing to say If not No one to say it to 
But Paul changes that. You see, to make some extra money, since Edwin doesn't make enough, Ellie writes papers for a good portion of her classmates. Paul knows about this, so he asks if Ellie um, can handle writing uh, his essay, but help him with a love letter to Asta Flores, someone who is already dating the most popular guy in school, but the son of a local sausage shop seems to find himself to be a good alternative. So together, Ellie and Paul romance Asta, but as things get increasingly complicated, they also obviously get messy. So, um, yeah, this seems to be the, uh, the hot film right now. There's a lot of people talking about this. And, you know, it's riding high on the Netflix charts. So I figured I would give it a go. And I think, yeah, you know, I would say I, I understand why... A lot of people like this film, right? I I can see why everyone is talking about it. And, you know, because there is... Yes, there is a sweetness to it, you know? There there is. Um, It does remind you of stuff you've seen before. You know, it's not essentially... A new idea, a new concept And we've seen it kind of executed like this Now they, they've, there's a kind of a twist in here That um, I, I, I can't remember a film that has done it But I, think, I feel that I have seen one But I can't think of the name So, um, you know, there's a queer element to the film you know, because Ellie isn't in love with Paul. She's got a crush on Asta. And, like, so the film starts off with a kind of soliloquy on love. You know, what love really is. And this is... um. You know, it, I guess it does a nice little kind of cut in to the narration we're hearing to be uh, Ellie's paper she's writing for someone. So that's a kind of a nice lead into, you know, her side hustle, you know, the gig she's doing to raise some extra cash. So we have this, you know, so there is this understanding that she's writing these papers and she's a bit of a loner, although everyone knows her, but she doesn't really know anyone. And it's kind of like, it's it's a weird kind of thing because you get the sense that she wants, she doesn't want to make the connections but it's whether if she doesn't want to make the connections because she just wants to be on her own or if there's an embarrassment about her situation, you know, 
that's the kind of weird kind of dilemma that kind of seems to be floating there. Now, as mentioned, so Paul, he knows she writes this stuff and he wants her to help him write a letter to Asta Flores, who he believes he's in love with. And that seems to, that is a big thing, right? So it's, there's a lot of these declarations of, I'm in love with someone, and love is this, or love is that, and, you know, you need to believe love is, you know, all these different things, like, becoming what you want someone to think you are, you know, trying to fit within the confines of this thing, now, yeah, this film, as I said, look, it's not a new concept, and if you think about it, so it's like, uh, Serene de Bergerac, Roxanne, 10 things I hate about you, yeah, I, I, I think Easy A, had a similar theme as well, you know, yeah, we, we've seen this before, now, the, I guess the, the, the thing with this is, so we have this underlying story, right, of, of love, and, you know, unrequited love, and, you know, this declaration that you know, it's like, oh, I can't make it and all of this We do get a few weird things thrown into the mix That don't make any sense to some degree Right? And I think you don't notice Or you wouldn't notice If you just let the film flow Right? If you don't Try and break it down If you don't want to Read too much into everything That you're seeing It's fine Because you probably won't notice A lot of the odd stuff But Yeah, if you are These things do kind of Hit Right And I think one of the biggest Well, there's a weird thing about Timelines here You know like with the whole college and everything like that. It was a film we don't really get an understanding of how much time has passed. Because at the very beginning of the film, you kind of get the sense that, oh, like, is it two months? But then by the end of it, it seems like more time has gone. But you don't really see any reflection of that on the screen Which is an odd one Now maybe there is a gap Because there is an incident that happens With the friendship So when we see them again Maybe there has been a bigger gap Than what the film itself kind of makes you feel but 
yeah, it's never really mentioned. So it's hard to kind of establish that. So the one thing with this, it is actually kind of meant to be based on a real situation. Okay, so as I said, look, the film is written by Alice Wu. And so it's kind of based on experiences she's had. Um, So she did an interview uh, with the Washington Blade. uh, And she said, um, my best friend in college was a straight white guy. He helped me accept myself as gay more than anyone. But his new girlfriend was wary of our relationship, despite knowing I was gay. And slowly, ineffably, the delicate calculus of our connection ended. So, yeah, it's based on that. But, yeah, that's the thing. She mentioned college, right? But this is set in school. Now, what she said about that was... Um, As I started outlining it, I realised I couldn't do justice to these themes in a hundred minute movie. I couldn't find an ending that felt both satisfying and earned. At a certain point, your characters tell you what they want. And I thought maybe I should just set this thing in high school. I love teen movies, only in high school... Is every feeling so intense because it's the first time it's happened to you? You think it's the only time it's going to happen to you. Everything is heightened in a way that allows you to cover a lot of emotional territory. Which is interesting, right? I think that's an interesting thought. And I think that kind of explains a lot, right? Because it's the kind of like, oh. In school, this is the first time you're ever going to experience these things. But that's not really true. Right? Because, and this is the big thing with this, right? I think a lot of times, you know, and a lot of kids will go, Oh, I was in love. I loved that person. And really... No, they were in lust with someone. That's the thing, right? I I, I believe it's that blurred line between love and lust. Because when we had, you know, this film starts and Paul's like, I love Asta. But when you kind of say, like, well... Do you know her? Have you spoken to her? And he's like, no. And so that's the weird thing. It's just like, well, no, you don't love her. Or you've kind of created this idea that you've got an attachment to of this person. You know, because you you haven't spoken to her. So there isn't actually love. There's lust. You know, there is... A a wanting to have these experiences, have this connection. But it's not really love. And so saying that 
oh, in school is the first time you actually have these experiences. It's not. Because then when you get older, you realise, oh, what I thought that was, that wasn't. You know? So you could have set this film whenever and still, you know, display the same thing. But then you have to, I guess, write that understanding into the film. And a thing that we get is... So, look, I did say, look, it, there is a sweetness to this film. But there is also a lack of depth, really. You know, there's not really a whole lot of depth to it if you really break it down. You know, because when we have the just the way people talk, you know, the way Paul and Ellie talk, the way S, um, Asta and Paul talk, or Asta and Ellie talk, it's only a base level, really. You know, you can throw around big words, you can throw around books, and going, oh, yes, you know, it's about a line. You know, it's like, oh, it's a bold stroke there. Now, these are fine things to say, but do you actually understand what they mean? So this is the thing, and what we don't really see is a true understanding. We just have words put out there. But, yeah, it's hard to see what the understanding is. And there's certain things that happen that make you go, well, yeah, we haven't ever got to... That, like when someone says about, you know, being gay is wrong and, you know, you'll go to hell. That is the first time in the film that we kind of really see a religious conviction you know, because we have people talking in a confessional, and yeah, actually a couple, at least a couple of times. So you you'd think if there was this big conviction that you know, oh, doing this thing makes you go to hell, then talking in a confessional would definitely be a big no no. You know what I mean? There'd be some oh. I need to repent from that because that was wrong for sure. You know, so so there's there's these things that aren't explored, and like Asta is essentially cheating on her boyfriend, but that's never really talked about. You know, it's just like oh well, you know. Paul's probably, but um, not Paul, Treg is probably going to ask me to marry him. Now, oh yeah, so I'll probably do that. Should I do that? That's really it. There's no, 
you shouldn't really, you know, date two people at the same time, there's no, oh, this is wrong, you know, that moral kind of conundrum is never addressed, you know, the, the really, you know, it's just a breaking, like, we have Asta kind of lament on, oh, yeah, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of going with the flow because that's what expected of me. But there's never the... I feel bad for kind of leading Treg along or, you know, anything like that. That's the weird thing. You know, so, yeah, there, there's... You know, I can see why people enjoy this film. People really like this film. If you look at... You know, the ratings of it on uh, the tomato thing and the meteor thing. Um, yeah, those sites. Uh, I forget the names. But, um, yeah, if you, if you look at the ratings, yeah, people very much enjoy this. And I understand. But where is the depth? That's it. Like... You know, we never really get Ellie kind of talk about her feelings, you know, so, it, yeah, it's, she's gay, but that's never really touched on, talk about, and I, I don't mean it needs to be addressed in this big kind of soapbox way or, you know, grand statements or anything like that, but it's kind of addressed in a way like Harry Potter, oh yeah, no, Dumbledore was gay all the time, you know, it's, it's one of those things, and so it's just like, where really is the heart of this film, you know, because some of the talk patterns and and that kind of thing are very odd. And there's one thing that I always thought was a bit weird, right? So you can be introverted, right? You can be a person that doesn't essentially have a lot of friends. And you can be smart, right? But you still understand uh, you know, certain mannerisms, so in this, Ellie always just walks off, you know what I mean, someone gives her a lift, she just gets out and walks off, there's no thank you, there's no, and no one ever calls her on it, like, no one's like, hey, what are you doing, so, what, you're just walking off, like, no one calls her on that, and, you know, there's all these kind of, like, Oh yeah, you should do this and blah blah boom. But without anything to back it up. You know, there's never anything to back it up. That it's all a little bit odd. And because of that, I think you're surprised Asta hasn't worked everything out a lot sooner than when she does. You know, that that's the weird thing about this, I would say.
And we don't really get anything on her mum. Like, a f- odd few mentions. And we see the picture and everything like that. But, yeah. No, it's, it's all a bit like, huh? And also, at the very end with her dad. Like, he seems very comatose a lot of the film. But then at the very end, there's this thing that happens. And it's just like... Okay, yeah, 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 that, that, I mean, it all makes sense, you know, it's nice, but it comes out of nowhere, right, and a lot of things kind of come out of nowhere at the end, you know, it's kind of like, they wanted the film to hit certain points and then end in a certain place, Then they realise, ah, we don't have enough time. So then it's kind of cram, 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 cram. Jump, boom. There we go. Yeah, people will be fine. They'll be satisfied with this. You know? Because, yeah, it's all a bit... It gets a little jumbled. Right? And the end is fine. Look, I get the end. I don't need an explanation on the end. But it is all a little bit, uh, you know, it's a little bit, uh, come on, man. It's kind of contrived. You see it coming. It's a bit neat. It's a bit neat. Now, people might go, hold on, it's not neat because it ended like, but it is, right? Because it's not. A mess. It's not a mess. And technically. Probably should have been. You know what I mean? Probably should have been. But. You know. These are just. The things that kind of jumped to me. And as we have learned. I'm weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I will pick on things. So. Hey. Maybe it's just me. Right? Because as I said, everyone loves it. It seems to love this film. So, um, yeah, I will say, look, if you're a fan of Roxanne, if you're a fan of 10 things I hate about you, if you like stuff like Easy A, if you like stuff like Lady Bird, you, you will enjoy this, right? You'll jo- you will enjoy this. It will hit you. Yeah. You know, if you like... Probably a lot of the romance shit on Netflix. When I say romance shit, I don't mean terrible stuff. But I mean, you know, stuff of that ilk. Yeah, this will probably be your thing. So um, give it a check, you know. And, you know, you see it high up in those charts. So obviously the masses are saying it's worth a look. And I don't think it's terrible. I think it's I think it's okay. You know? It's sweet. But yeah. That's about it. But yeah, you know, the half of it it's on Netflix people, so you can uh, pretty much check it anytime. Because it is a Netflix original as well. Okay? So there you go. Have fun people. Have fun. <laughs>
Okay, so I have just watched Extraction, which is a new film on Netflix. Um, it's from uh, director Sam Hargrave. Now, this is Hargrave's first featured film. He's um, worked in the past extensively as a stuntman and a stunt director. Uh, he's worked a lot with the Russos um, and um, doing a lot of this work within the Marvel Universe. So the film itself, it's based on a graphic novel called Ciudad by Andre Parks. Uh, so um, then Joe and Anthony Russo developed that story. Joe wrote the screenplay uh, and it was executive produced by um, the Russos, Fernando Leon Gomez, Go sorry, Gonzala, Gomez, god damn it, and Eric Silkman. Uh, the film, um, the film stars Chris Hensworth. Uh, Rudraska Jaswal, Randeep Huda, Golishri Farana, um, Pankjab Tripali, um, and David Harbour. Music is by Henry Jackman and Alex Bleacher, and the cinematography is Newton Thomas Siegel. Uh, so, the story is this. In an underworld of weapons dealers and traffickers, a young boy becomes the pawn in a war between notorious drug lords. Trapped by kidnappers inside one of the world's most impenetrable cities, his rescue beckons the unparalleled skill of a mercenary named Tyler Rake. But Rake is a broken man with nothing to lose, harbouring a death wish that makes an already deadly mission near impossible. So, uh, yeah, I, you know what, I did not know what to expect with this. But, yo, I've got to say, this was a, a really... I, I thought it was a really interesting film. Now, extensively, the story isn't... It's not new, right? We, we've kind of seen similar fare to this in the past. But, come on, now, really. How many, you know, films do we see that are wholly new ideas? You know, it's all about the way you tell a story, um, you know, more than anything else. Now, occasionally, yes, you do get a few completely new ideas, but, hey, I'm not holding this against it, right? But, you know, I guess from the start, the film, like, we are, because we see the kidnapping, and, 
you you kind of that does take you a little bit off guard the way it happens now you're suspecting it's gonna happen just because you know like you get that thing stay at home but then they sneak out and so you kind of think all right i feel something's gonna happen right about now but i guess um yeah the sh- a bit of a shot comes in how it goes down so we have this and we also see um kind of tyler rake you know, we see him kind of being a bit reckless, being, I just, you know, that never say, never care, die attitude, you know, so straight away we get an understanding that, yeah, he, he's broken, yeah, he is... Not really caring about his life. So we get that understanding. We also know. That the thing that is crushing him. Is something that will. You know it will will help him through this mission. It's something that will make him. Like not turn his back. On Ovi. So we kind of understand this from the Gidea, right? So um, we then have him, you know, so they accept the mission. We know something is awry because, you know, the Ovi's bodyguard, he's being told, right, we need to do this thing. So we have that. And we understand, alright, so then he gets Rake involved. But then he goes somewhere. So you're like, okay, so what's happening? Right? So we're kind of getting, oh, something might not be right, but let's go along with this. So then he has to go in and basically get that proof of life. And that's when everything goes crazy. Now, we do get this nice little setup that, hey, I have to say, I wasn't expecting. You know what I mean? So, th- th- this whole kind of bit round the proof, like, it, yeah, it's a little bit different. Wasn't expecting it, which is always good. But we then get this in. Intensity injection into the film So it's kind of the way Like the camera angles change We, it's not so much a, a you know uh, uh, Oh gosh, you know like in the Bourne films the, uh, the shaky cam It's not so much we get the shaky cam But it kind of feels like you're in a first person shooter at times because we're right in on um, Tyler as he's like going through you know, the, the city Trying to extract himself from the situation So you're either behind like the scope of the gun So seeing the targets bah, 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 Or you're kind of 
slightly just behind him. So you see him go through and it just injects this kind of kinetic energy into the things. And you're kind of, you I, I, I have to say, I found myself sitting on the edge of my seat, watching all of this transpire, just thinking, yo, <laughs> what the fuck is happening here? You know what I mean? Like, this is crazy, man. How were they going to uh, get out of this situation, you know? See, the really good thing is, because at times, I find when a film is going for a kind of frenzied feel, like this really kind of just closed-in, sensory deprivation kind of feel... That when it gets to the fight scenes, they 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 chop them so quickly. They want to move it so quick that it's hard to follow, and you also lose a bit of realism from it. But the way they've done the fight scenes, it really does feel like a fight. It really does feel frantic. It feels grimy. It feels up close. It feels dirty, it feels like you're fighting for your life here, which that is exactly what you need, right, with something like this, you need to feel that, and you need to kind of see that everyone's taking damage, you know, it's not one of those crazy films where the, you know, the hero is going through and he's not getting any, you know, cuts or hits or anything. And it's just like, ah, unrealistic. No, this gives you everything, which is just great. And really good performances. Now, we know Hensworth is a great actor, like, we've, we've seen him, you know, in everything he's done, but the great thing with this is, like, we get that kind of, those, we get these different emotions from him, like, drunk, like, uh, you know, I guess, not caring, you know, devoid of emotion, and then we get that kind of like uh, zoned in focus. I need like whatever happens. I need to get this fucking shit done. So that's great. But uh, Rudreski um, Jaswal, who plays Ovi, really good performance from this kid. You know. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just like, I don't know if English is his first language, it, 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 we do deviate, there are places in the film where there's subtitles, but if, if whatever is going down, you get the impression from this kid, at the beginning, you know, it's kind of carefree, it's a little entitled, then we get the worry and the fear. We have that, but then we've got the mistrust and the fear, but then we've got acceptance to the situation 
and an understanding, you know, and so we get all of this, and he really displays it, there's a bit in the film where he has to do something that you can see has really just shaken the shit out of him, so we have this, and then the attachment to Tyler, and this kid, he gives us all of that, which is fantastic, you know what I mean, there's like adults that can't give you such a, a, a scope of emotions, <laughs> you know what I mean, so yeah, all of this, it's just, we've got some great performances, let me just, uh, yeah, let me just say that, you know, um, you know, I think it's Neha Mahagan, she's like really good, really, and believable, I, I think that's the right person, um, you know, she, she brings the mission to, uh, Tyler, and we, we see her throughout the film, and it's just, you know, a, an understanding that things have gone south, and just that different kind of, you know, professionalism, but with that something else, so it's great, and David Harbour, like, David Harbour does give us a great um, performance here, which is good, because, you know, after, uh, after Hellboy, <laughs> after Hellboy, which just wasn't good, it, you, you're kind of like, oh, son, can I believe you, can I have faith in you, and he does deliver a great performance, really does, and especially at, you know, the end, like, he, he it's just the way it, Ah, you know, you really just, yeah, it's kind of powerful, man, it's kind of powerful, but it's like, so we've, we've got all of this, and, yeah, as I said, look, you're gripped, you have that full understanding, there's one part of the film where I will say I'm a bit like, you know, it, 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 it's just that thing that you see sometimes when it's just like, alright, you guys go, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go and throw my life away and do this way, like that kind of thing, ah, it always throws me a little bit, I don't honestly believe that many people would do that, but that's just a moment, so I'm a bit, I can give that bit a pass, because, yo, what we get after that is just, yeah, it is great, it really is, you know, um, and look, the way the film ends, that kind of, like, there is a bit where you're thinking, is, is homie gonna, and yeah, you're thinking, no, 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 but even though you you've had that understanding that, yeah, that's, something's probably gonna, when it does, yo, it still hits you, you know what I mean, it still hits you. And just 
yeah, like before the very end, but the kind of climax is handled really well. It is really, you know, because you're thinking the confines of the area and what they're playing with. Yo, you're still kind of just zoned in and, you you know, we're just seeing all of this stuff. Like, the way every scene is put together is great. Yo, because it's, it's busy, it's cluttered. But we still are able to follow the action, you know, see what's happening. It, it, it's really well put together. It really is. You know, so you, you've got to give props to everyone involved. And the way the music kind of, you know, it, it's not, they don't do that thing that is very irritating. Like, sad scene, sad music, blah, blah, blah. But we do get this undercurrent of the sound in certain scenes. But it's done really well. And it helps emphasize, like, just the emotion of what is happening. So, oh, yeah, all of this is good. We get the kind of ending where you're just like, oh, shit. But then we kind of get a, uh, what do you call that stuff at the end? Uh, Eulogy, a eulogy, not a eulogy. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, we we get one of those, which is great. This, This little bit at the very end of the film is Great, because we get a um, we get a little moment like the Departed, which ah, you do feel happy. You do feel very happy that that happens. So we get that, and then the very last scene. Oh my days, the very last scene, son. What? You know what I mean? Like, what? Whoo! You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's just a, a second. So, it could be anything, or it could be, you know what I mean? Yo, really, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I have to say, I really enjoyed it. I thought it's a great action film. It's visceral. It's frantic. It has you on the edge of your seat. And you're feeling, you know what I mean? It's giving you emotions. Which, you know, you don't always get. You know what I mean? Like, the last, I think, real crazy film like this. You know, because there's a tone of, like... yeah, It's not the same, right? But you... There's a kind of feel of A Man on Fire. Or the um, Lynn Ramsey um, film with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. You know what I mean? Um, You Were Never Really Here. I think that was it. Um, yo, that film, right? And yeah, this is kind of a similar thing. 
I think the funny thing is, like, around about this time last year, we got, um, is it Triple Threat, which was, like, the, the Jesse V. Johnson big film with, um, uh, who is it, it you know, Tony Jaa, um, Scott Adkin, no, 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 I'm not, f- yo, that's the wrong film, no, 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 it wasn't Triple Threat, it was that Ben Affleck one, right, that, um, Netflix put out, uh, gosh, what was the film, it was like, the, uh, the you know, it was the big kind of action flick that just didn't really... Didn't triple frontier. That was it. So that came out around a similar time, you know, um, as this. But that just didn't work, right? Um, but this, this is but just a really good action film. It really is, and it, it's kind of. I think it's supposedly, um, you know, critics have given it a mixed reaction. But, I mean, fuck critics, right? There's, yeah, this, like, you know, they're saying the story isn't original. But, yo, the story works. The plot works. It really does. Like, yes, we've seen similar things in the past, but this, it still has you gripped. It still has you interested all the way through, you know? And you're kind of thinking, yo, could we get, you know, uh, a, a sequel, right? Because we've got, um, you know, um, uh, the the girl, um, gosh, it's not, actually, it's not say it's, um, ah, the, the girl that, the, you know, the, the girl, the woman that, uh, you know, um, is working with Tyler, yo, you could have a film that follows her, you know, there's, there's, there's possibilities, and you wouldn't be thinking that if the film's bad, so, hey, I would definitely say, people, if you're a fan of, um, I guess, good action films, you know, I, I, yeah, like, a good action film, like, triple, um, triple threat, yo, that, you know, that, that's something, as I said, look, you were never really here, you know, I think, those sort of things, if you like to, like, Man on Fire, if you enjoy those sort of films, you will enjoy this, go, if you like the John Wick films, I feel you will enjoy this, because it's got that same sort of frenetic energy going through it, you know, great fight scenes, it is just well worth a check, right, so, um, yeah, it's Extraction, it's on Netflix, 
eight and Sam Hargreaves fantastic job for the debut film. People, give it a look. Okay, people. So before we bounce, um, yeah, we got a bit of film news. Okay, so um, yeah, this is always a weird thing because Vin Diesel is always talking about the Riddick films, and I don't think we've had a really good one since Pitch Black. Like the la- the last one was basically. Highlander 2, right? No, sorry, Highlander 3. Kind of trying to remake Pitch Back. But, you know I mean? Um, Vin has just come out and said that a script for a full film in the franchise is going to be ready next week. So, uh, yeah, you know. We could be expecting a new Pitch Black film, um, you know, in a in a year or two, maybe we'll see. All right, so um, yeah, Netflix have uh, just acquired the rights to a new film, and it's called Dark Days at the Magna Carta. Okay, so it's, um, yeah, it's gonna have um, Blake Lively starring and producing it. Okay, so supposedly the film, um, it follows a woman who must take extreme measures during a catastrophic event going um, in order to save her family. So, uh, yeah, it was written by Michael Paisley, um, and, uh, yeah, Kate Vorhoff, Dan Cohen, um, and Sean Levy are executive producing, so, um, eh, I don't know, um, it's meant to be... A potential trilogy So uh, yeah Which all depends on if this first one Is any good So yeah we will see right Um More Netflix news So they have just announced That uh The Five Bloods Which is a new Spike Lee joint Is gonna be hitting On the 12th of June Um yeah, which uh, could be interesting. All right, so um, I forget what um, I don't know. I, I you know I want I I have a feeling there's Lee's had another project since Black Klansman, but I might be wrong. But yeah, be interesting to uh, see what happens. Now this film is um about. A, a group of black soldiers that returned to Vietnam um, to find the remains of their squad leader while also in search of some buried treasure. So, um, yeah, you know, it's got a good cast. We've got Chadwick Bronson, Bosman, Paul Walter Hauser, 
Norm Lewis, Delroy Lindo, and Jonathan Majors. So yeah, I am looking forward to this. Um, and hey, those that have seen Extraction or um, enjoyed the review and uh, want to go check it, hey, well. It's just been announced that uh, a sequel is coming. Yeah, a deal has just been struck. Um, Joe Russo will uh, be writing this one again as well. Um, yeah, no, uh, no other situations have um, come yet. It's uh, you know, I think once the script is written. Then offers will go out to like Sam Hargrave and anyone else to uh, potentially come back. So, um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. And the first film, ah, it was very good. So, uh, I'm not surprised, really. Like Russo did an interview with Deadline and he said the deal is closed for me to write Extraction 2 and we are in the formative stages of what the story can be. We're not committing yet to whether that story goes forward or backward in time. We left a big loose ending that leaves question marks for the audience. There was always a simple drive to the story, a balletic execution of action. Um, when it comes to where you take a damaged character who made an egregious mistake in the past and has a shot at redemption, which might be fatal. What was key is that we needed a muscular action director like Sam to be the main creative force in the execution of the action. So, uh, yeah. I, you know, looking forward to see what they do with that. And finally, look. So, this story kind of came out last year, but it was all kind of hushed down. And I'm talking about Tahiki Watiti. Um, yeah, he's uh, just been announced to direct and co write a new Star Wars film. Um, yeah, last year, he, I think he was out doing Jojo Rabbit Press and someone asked him about potentially do, doing a Star Wars film and he was just like, hey, it's something I'd be interested in, no plans right now. Um, since then, he did direct an episode of The Mandalorian, which, uh, yeah, supposedly got a, a lot of praise. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does with this. You know, he is, I think, um, yeah, he killed it with Thor Ragnarok. So, um, yeah, definitely, hey, it could be something crazy. Um, he's going to be co-writing it with Christy Wilson Karens. Uh, so, um, yeah, 
let's uh, wait and see what happens with that. But people, that is us for this week. Enjoy your film watching. And um, remember to uh, go check um, Lionsgate out. On the Saturday as they will be screening Eddie the Eagle on their YouTube channel. And also remember people, UFC is back. So uh yay yay. Alright, enjoy your film watching and we will catch you next week. Peace.